Shorts. Christian Post. Nepalese pastor sentenced to jail for proselytizing. Fears his case will set a troubling precedent. Okay. This is a long article that's actually surprisingly short on details. So I will not be giving you a lot of details. I will just basically tell you the story as I understand it. You can read the long article with surprisingly short on details and um, see that for yourself. But this is the summary. A Christian preacher, because of course he's a Christian preacher, is in a place where there is a no proselytizing law. This law is known. It's not a surprise to anybody. And they go out and proselytize and they go to jail. And now they in the Christian community are very upset about the fact that the law was enforced after they broke it. Okay. Well, that's, um, that sounds like Christianity. This sounds like yet another episode in the series of Christians don't give a damn about the law anywhere in the world. It's not just an American phenomenon. <laughs> it's everywhere. So having spent a great deal of my professional career as a salesman, I uh, can say that I did some of my best business in places where there were no soliciting signs. Yes, I know what it is like to not give a damn about the law, to do something that you really, really want to do, <laughs> and that's going to benefit you. Yeah, I did that. Not my proudest moment, but yeah, we, we did that all the time. Um, we were instructed, look, if you can't get past the no soliciting sign to do your soliciting, you're in the wrong line of business. And that's probably true. It, it really was the wrong line of business for most people as it is today, but it turned out to be the right line of business for me. <laughs> and you have to have the, the mental framework that says what I am trying to do is way more important than what your community says I should or shouldn't do what your law says I shouldn't should or shouldn't do. Now I never ran afoul of the law. I was never arrested. I was never fined. And, you know, I found uh, ways to charm people. And so, you know, you, you, if, if necessary, you pretend like you didn't see the no soliciting sign. Oh, I'm not soliciting. I just wanted to show you this really neat vacuum cleaner. That, uh, yeah, no. Um, is it okay if I come in and clean your floor for free? So I didn't sell vacuum cleaners, by the way. I knew people who did. Uh, I sold other things. But, you know, there, there are ways to get around and through that. Christians have an existential fear, though, uh, that pushes them to do things with regard to their religion other than just believe it and be happy with it. They have an existential fear that if they do not proselytize that they're just going to die out, that the other guys are going to win 
that God really isn't strong enough, really isn't powerful enough, that living a Christian life and being a light to the world really isn't a good enough witness. They have to do something more. They have to wear their crosses. They have to wear their bumper stickers. They have to put uh, stickers on uh, light posts. They have to, you know, graffiti the walls. They've got to do everything. They've got to get a radio show and, and preach, and they've got to get in your face on the bus. They have to do all of these things or else they're going to go out of business. That's their fear. And they don't actually believe Jesus when he tells them to just live a Christian life of love and light. Let him do the worst. People will be drawn to you. You don't have to, you don't have to draw people. You remember when he sent his 70 and his 72? He didn't send them with marketing materials. He sent them with nothing. Stripped them of just about everything that a, a traveling salesperson would need. And when they knocked on a door, there was no indication that there was some kind of sermon or sales pitch. You know, their spirit would go out and be either received in that house or not. And if it was, they could set up and do their work. And if it wasn't, they, they just moved on. There was no training module by Jesus to his disciples for here's how to overcome objections. You know, if they say no, put your foot in the door so they can't close it on you and say these words. If you do not repent before it is too late, a great catastrophe, such as some version of hell will befall you. That was no part of the message. There, there was no type of coercion as near as I can read there. There wasn't even any proselytizing as near as I can read there. Right? And so that's, that's Jesus. The church spread not through heavy proselytizing. Jesus said that people will be drawn to you, they will know that you are the real thing by your unity and your love. Well, Christians know they don't have anywhere near enough of that. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have any of that. But they do have a hell of a sales pitch, <laughs> they think. And so uh, it's very existential. I'm making, I'm making a meal out of an article with very few details. So what did this pastor do exactly? What did he do? What is he accused of having done specifically? I'm very suspicious here because this long article by the Christian Post does not say. It does not say what the courts accused him of. He went through the court's system and he appealed it's it's been seen by judges and still it does not actually give us details which makes me think this preacher was doing a lot more than what was implied in this article because i've got a feeling those who wrote this article they know exactly what <laughs> what was going on but they want to make the they want to make this look like uh you know these church leaders are are just victims so this is the one paragraph that i could find in this article uh, that might give some clue. 
the witness, and by the witness, they mean the accused. So I'm just going to shift that. The accused said that I did not even ask them to convert. Yeah, I didn't ask for the sale. <laughs> okay, what else did he say? Only gave them tracts. Tracts, plural, not a tract. I gave them tracts. I gave them a bunch of material. <laughs> they read it and discarded it, he said. I have been convicted for something that I have not done, and I am being targeted unnecessarily and harassed and put to jail. Okay, those are the words of the accused. So we know that he was handing out tracts, which in itself is probably illegal in Nepal. <laughs> he probably knows that. Uh, and there is, in fact, something coercive about handing out tracts. For instance, you can't go door to door officially, unofficially you can. Officially, you can't go to door to door, uh, door to door in a place where there are signs that say no soliciting and knock on that door and give them a religious tract. Even in America, that is soliciting. You could be fined for that. Because it's America, you're never going to be fined for it, but you could. All right. That's illegal even here. <laughs> that's um, So just this gives us some indication that there was probably some stuff going on there because we know how Christians are when it comes to pushing their religion. Now, they don't think they're being coercive. They can be, uh, you know, have very strong personalities and they target specifically, they target people who are weak in some way or vulnerable in some way. And boy, do they twist the screws and then hell comes out at some point and you know the consequences and how you've disappointed Jesus and God um and all the angels and you know that but we're not coercing yet that will get you thrown in jail in Nepal and now let me just be a little controversial I think it should get you thrown in jail I actually agree with uh, anti-proselytization laws. We probably wouldn't have the need for such laws if we didn't have such a rich history of Christian proselytization abuse throughout the world. You know, companies that do really shady, bad things get regulated the hardest. If you want to look at our history of regulation of businesses, just go back far enough before the regulation, and you can see where those businesses were running wild, doing all kinds of terrible things. Proselytization and religion, which is sales, is one of the few businesses that is almost completely unregulated. In this country, people are proselytizing to school kids in school during class. We don't, we don't believe that you know, the church business should be regulated in any way, anywhere. This is this is how Christians are. This is what they want. This is what they do. And this is what they want throughout the world. And so they go to a place, they set up camp in a place, maybe they convert in a place 
where proselytizing is illegal, but they have they have really caught the Christian Holy Spirit fire and they're going to be on fire for Jesus. And rather than doing any of the stuff that Jesus <laughs> said to do, they're going to go out and convert people. They're going to find little cheeky ways around the law. And then when they caught, get caught, they're going to cry persecution which is also something that is anti-Jesus, who said, you should be overjoyed when you suffer wrongly in my name. If they think they're suffering wrongly, they should be happy. Instead, they're going to court after court after court, and they're publicly bemoaning the fact that they have to suffer persecution. What are you doing? This is why no one can take you seriously. You don't even give a damn about your own Jesus laws. Of course, you don't give a damn about the laws in Nepal. And I don't give a damn about the year you're going to spend in jail. Maybe you can proselytize to the inmates. That's Christianity, folks. That's real Christianity. That's boots on the ground, butts in the pews all over the world. Christianity. Okay. That's it for me. You know what to do. Skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com. Log in your discuss account. Discuss away. Shoot me an email, skepticsandseekers at gmail.com. Until the next time, you'll see me in the comments. In the meantime, I'm out. <laughs>